Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home of NARC Troopers. If you like today's episode, visit narctroopers.com, and on that website, you'll find a little bit of everything. Today's topic is closure. It is not the end game. Everything you're ever going to need is inside of you right now. And after partnering with a narcissistically disordered individual, closure becomes a primary goal for most people. But what if closure is an ephemeral ghost that we chase that can never be captured and put to rest? What if there is another way to get past your grief and despair and loss. Closure, let's talk about what closure actually is. It is any interaction, information, or practice that allows a person to feel that a traumatic or confusing, difficult life event has been resolved. The term has its origins in Gestalt therapy gestalt psychology, but it is more commonly used to refer to the final resolution to a conflict or problem. Gestalt psychology describes it as the illusion of seeing an incomplete object as though it were whole. Thus, one unconsciously tends to complete or to close a triangle or a square or a circle that has a gap somewhere on it. Um, I have Stargardt disease and my vision is um, really crazy. Um, The way that it's affected is in a similar way when my retina does not send the complete picture to my brain. So my brain has to fill in the blank from what my eyes are seeing, um, which is very trippy sometimes. Uh, kind of makes life fun or interesting maybe, but um, it's definitely weird. Um, sometimes um, it is close to completion, you know, of a circle. And then sometimes it's not. Sometimes I just get a furry pink caterpillar. Either way, it is an illusion that is completing something that can never really be completed. Sometimes I read words and my brain sees a certain word, but it has mushed the letters together and filled in blanks for parts that I can't see correctly. And then it just kind of goes with its own interpretation. Um, so, uh, sometimes I think Stargardt is kind of like being on acid or some hallucinogenic, like on shrooms or something, because everything is, is, um, convoluted in some way and stretched and twisted and, uh, just really not what it really looks like in reality. So let's compare this to closure. If closure means finality, a letting go of what once was, then finding closure implies a complete acceptance of what has happened and 
and honoring of what has happened um and with the, you know an honoring of the transition away from what's finished to something new in other words closure describes the ability to go beyond imposed limitations in order to find different possibilities closure is a selfish desire and not something you actually need in order to begin your healing process you're just trying to fill in that blank like you do when you're looking at something and you can't see very well many times it's not something that is you know is attainable it's not something offered to us and with a narcissist they're never ever never ever ever going to give you closure they don't sit down and help figure things out they don't talk about it they don't warn you about what they're going to do they don't telegraph anything to you you have no idea when the, the when the shoe is going to drop i think that's how the saying goes you have no idea when they're suddenly going to wake up one day and just discard you and exit and erase you and never speak to you again because you're dead to them so the past is part of who you are and it is part of who you will become someone once asked me if you could go back and live your life over so you could make different choices knowing what you know now would you and i thought about all the horrors of my childhood the disappointments in my relationships the pain and suffering of just all of it and it was messy and ugly and heartbreaking and in so many ways but i don't think i would go back um you know i wouldn't know what i know or be who i am if it were not for all of that utter chaos that i went through because i experienced that I am more empathetic and less judgmental of others who struggle through difficult things. I'm able to support and minister to countless students over the years who had similar challenges um, with wisdom and understanding that I would not have had if I had not suffered the way that I did. I wouldn't have gotten it. It made me stronger, smarter, sassier. And I, I know I can survive just about anything. And there's pride in that. What happens in our lives shapes our identity. All the events, the mistakes, the missed opportunity, um, you know, the failed dreams, all of that comes together to teach us valuable lessons about life whether we want to learn these lessons or not, they just sort of fall into our lap. The past is also a teacher of lessons that we have to learn, even if we don't want to learn them, right? When someone first told me that my long marriage to a narcissist was actually a wonderful opportunity to finally address all the inner issues that compelled me to couple with such a dysregulated, maladapted, mentally deficient man in the first place. 
I wanted to choke them out. Seriously, punch them in the face, throw my recovery handbook at them, and run screaming from the building, tearing my clothes from my burning body like that little girl in the iconic photograph who was, you know, running naked down the dirt road in abject horror and pain after a napalm attack or maybe Agent Orange or something during the Vietnam War. You know how everything has its iconic photo and that was it. That was sort of like photo of the decade. And I felt like that when people would say to me, oh, this is just an, just be, this is a blessing. It's an opportunity. To me, it felt like an insult, a lie, a travesty. I didn't ask for it. I didn't want a lesson or an opportunity for growth. I was fine in my lovely little delusional bubble with my picture-perfect fake life with my adorable and lovable narcissist. Fantasies are always better than reality, aren't they? I mean, I didn't want it to end. What had I done to cause the universe to punish me like this? I felt like it just wasn't fair. But after almost a year of reality and humbling grief and trauma, I came to accept this notion that it was indeed an opportunity to work on my lifelong injuries and early wounding and toxic scripting and programming and unhealthy patterns of choosing crazy people to get in relationships with. I, 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 I had to finally accept that. Um, and I think if we can get past the initial resistance to change and hard work, that we can come to appreciate that we will be better for it. Trying to live at Disneyland every day of your life is an impossible task, and it's pretty exhausting, right? Sooner or later, the park's going to close, and you're going to have to go home. Sad though it may be, home is real. Disneyland is not. The past deserves honor and respect. We've been talking about the past. What does the past do? Why is the past important? The past deserves honor and respect. One of the hallmark qualities of a person with NPD is their inability to acknowledge the past and give it the honor and respect that it deserves. Any relationship that has lasted more than a year or two is worthy of this kind of reverence as if it is um, a kind of death or passing that must be observed and recognized. It is the mature and sensible thing that couples do at the end to show that all the weeks and months and years that, that they meant something, held value, created memories, and somehow fell short after both people gave it their best shot. They talk about it. They name it. You know, with the disordered partner, they not only erase their partner as if they never existed, but they also smear them, hold contempt for them, and blame them for everything. 
It is their disordered brains that make it impossible for them to admit any wrongdoing or deficiency on their part, so they burn everything to the ground and blame shift it all back on you. It does something to your very identity and worth as a person to be completely removed from the history and memory and any acknowledgement that you even existed, that you as a couple even existed. You know, it's, it, it's the ultimate insult and irreverence that you just don't treat people that way. You know, you are annihilated. Um, you know, that's what they do to you. They just destroy and annihilate as if none of it ever happened. Each and every kindness and sweetness and moment that seemed like a loving connection is instantly and forever invalidated. You imagined it all. And for many others, they give it years. They give up years, even decades of their lives trying to love their disordered person back to wellness. It's impossible to accept that none of it was real or that um, none of it was genuine and that the whole time they were just playing mind games and, and getting supply or fuel. Both people are so enmeshed in the shared fantasy that even the person with NPD believes their own fantastical construct in the beginning and sometimes for years before they begin to devalue and discard. Some narcissists stay for decades. The way they leave you, it tells you everything. The way they deny and dismiss and disappear is impossible to believe. So here's, here's our moment of Zen, our moment of truth. Closure comes from within. Now you probably already know that, or you've heard it, but you know, knowing something is only part of it. Once you realize that making any sense out of the situation is impossible since the person with NPD is incapable of giving you anything that resembles closure, then you can begin to look around, get your bearings and get off the ground, dust yourself off and start putting one trembling foot in front of the other. You will realize that you are in this alone and the battle for your own soul and sense of self is entirely yours and yours alone. Family aren't going to understand any of this and they should not be burdened with all of these ugly parts of this recovery. They don't know what this is unless it's happened to them. Friends may pretend to understand but they won't unless they've been through something like it. And uh, you're just going to have to let them off the hook. They're not the people that you turn to at times like this. 
So it's time to roll up your sleeves and to do the hard work. There is no other way unless you want to keep repeating the cycle of abuse with another dysregulated train wreck of a partner. So, you know what you can do? You could start by um, start by writing down all of the crazy bad things that they did to you and then post it everywhere. You know, post different parts of the list or the whole list everywhere around your house to refresh your tired brain frequently. Do extreme self-care. Look up and reach for help from a higher power. I think that's an important one. Um, you have to read. Go no contact. And do not allow yourself to crumble. If you do, then you have to forgive yourself. And then just do better next time. Make new friends who have been in relationships with cluster B partners. Build your tribe. Learn about it. Everything about it. Then write. Dance. Pray. Love. Sing. Cry. Eat. Work. Exercise. Change your setting. Relocate. Talk to your inner child. Love her. These are all things that you can do. Protect her. Tell her that it's safe to come out now. Journal. Dream. Hope. Have faith. Grow gratitude. Um, be blessed. Help others. Forgive yourself. Forgive the ones who hurt you. But forgiving doesn't mean you go back to them either. Keep your distance. Never forget. Pet animals. Um, take walks. Discover nature. Meditate. Pray again. Try different kinds of therapy. Um, from one who knows. You know, you've got to be sure your therapist knows narcissistic abuse. You know, address the trauma. Heal your body. Learn new things. Breathe. Learn new ways to breathe. Do art. Never be defeated. Keep going. Stay grounded in nature. Stay grounded in reality. Make mantras. Post them. Say them. Believe them. You can thrive. These are all things you can do, guys. And what are some substitutes for closure? Well, I've got a few uh, of these substitutes for you. Number one, accept what has happened and have gratitude for the opportunity to grow. Number two, heal what is injured inside, mend the wounds, identify their source. Number three, seek destructive self-sabotaging behavior and stop the cycle. Number four, Create a ritual. Have a memorial service for the dead relationship. Number five, build a support team of people who have experienced the same thing. Put your tribe together. Number six, commit to a new interest. Embrace change. Reinvent yourself. Number seven, get help 
and seek a variety of healing modalities. Number um, seven, create healthy boundaries and attachment styles. Number eight, write about it. Journal, create, make art, make beauty from the suffering. And the next one, validate yourself and stop looking outside of yourself for it. You know, you have to provide that for yourself. Um, Closure isn't a need. It's something we think we need. If you can't get it from that person, you're probably going to be okay without it. Let it go. Move forward and start fresh with a new chance to meet someone who's actually capable of loving you and respecting you and honoring you forever and ever and ever. Forever. I, I am such an advocate for forever because we live in such a disposable um, consumerist kind of culture where you just gobble up something like locusts and then move on to the next and then move on to the next and nothing lasts. And that's so wrong. It's just not, it's just not what you want to do. It's just have to keep, keep doing that, you know, stick with it, stay the course, have some longevity, some fortitude, some resilience, some creativity to problem solve, to add spice, to do whatever you need to do. But, you know, just to, to, um, walk away. I don't think so. Um, that's not what you're supposed to do. So find somebody who's going to commit to you and stay and be loyal. The narcissist can't be that person, but they are out there and they do exist. So that's what I want to say about closure tonight. Yeah, it would be great if we could have that and then we could move on more quickly and let this go and be free of it's like we're sick and we have an infection we have a virus and it has to run its course and it's hard because you've got fever and a headache and you feel terrible and you know you're just trying to hydrate and stay alive it's like that recovering from narcissistic abuse without being granted closure being erased and just disposed of like trash and then forgotten completely like you never existed. That's not normal. That's not a normal relationship. And the way that you react to being treated that way is not normal. That's not a normal breakup. So you may never get closure from them. You'll just have to figure out how to give it to yourself. And I've given you some suggestions here today of things that you could do to facilitate that, to get it going and hopefully to um, have success, to be healthy, to be whole and to be free of the sick relationship once and for all. And there are so many reasons that we stay with these people. There are so many reasons why it's so hard to get over um, this kind of relationship. And so all I can do is tell you, don't look for the things that you're never going to get. 
take charge and just try to give them to yourself. That is the key. And that's what I wanted to tell you this evening. So, um, stay faithful, stay, uh, hopeful. And we're going to get through this. We will. I know it seems impossible, like it's never going to happen, but I believe that it can. I believe that we can fully recover and, you know, just remember they can't, they won't, they don't, they can't. There's something wrong with them. And, um, you know, you may have a dependent disorder or attachment issues or abandonment issues, but that's not the same as having narcissistic personality disorder because you're still a full-fledged human who can feel love and intimacy and guilt and and have some morals and ethics whereas a narcissist cannot they cannot feel remorse or guilt they cannot be self-reflective they they cannot be loyal they they can't their brain is broken and it doesn't work right and and you can't make it happen. You can't fix them. And the sooner you realize that and just put it down, put it down and walk away. I know you don't want to. I know it's really hard. I know you're addicted to them most likely, but you know what? You've got a chance here to get free of this pathology with this sick, broken person and to go out there and have a beautiful relationship with someone who knows what love is that is possible for you it is within your reach you just have to get up and get on and believe it okay that's my message and i will talk to all of y'all soon please stay safe this is um almost december 2021 we've got uh new variants coming we have um you know, vaccines that may not protect us from the new things coming, uh, people that don't want to take safety precautions, people who act like this is over. We're in the middle of a pandemic, guys, and we need to get well, get healthy, get whole, because there's enough problems all around us without falling apart because of this narcissist, right? I mean, there's challenges on the horizon big ones. I think it's going to be buffy, bumpy. It's going to get rough. It's going to be, um, it's the, we're, I think we're in for some tough times, uh, ahead of us. And if we're just suffering and spending all of our time and inner energy thinking, Oh, the narcissist, the, Oh, what have they done? Oh my gosh. How am I going to get on? You know, you have to, so you have to, what other choice do you have? You're alone now. You're, you have to turn inwards and you can't fix them, but you can fix yourself. Spend all the energy that you're spending wasting on them, hoping they're going to hoover you, hoping they may come back, hoping that you're going to get another chance to do what? They're not going to change. They can't. And, and so please just take the energy that you expend on that and, and direct it to yourself. And then you will maybe be strong enough to face the stuff that's happening in our world around us right now is you need all of your faculties, your, all of your strength and courage and 
all of that just to navigate the world right now. So let's work on that together. I'm right here with you. I am still, I'm two years and five months out and, and, um, you know, I, <laughs> I do not always maintain sobriety. I break no contact sometimes. I have anxiety and I have not slept like a normal person since the day he left. So I have a ways to go. But when I turn around and look behind me, I have come so far. I have been through so much. Two and a half years, the worst of my life. This is hard. But you know what? It's worth it and we can do it. So keep your hope. Keep your strength and let's be troopers. All right. <laughs> I'm going to be quiet now. Y'all have a good, um, y'all have a good, good day. That's a nice Texas thing to say, right? Oh, got some Texan in me. All right. Um, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Much love. Bye-bye.